Oh, yeah. Are we live? Yeah. That happened. I bet the people are already loaded up. Are we live right now? Because I don't feel alive. I feel dead inside after what there was we go. an extremely painful game from start to finish for this Boston Celtics team who fall to the Oklahoma City Thunder without SGA, by the way. 150. That's right. 150 to 117. <clears throat> and we got a Sherrod Blakely's joining us right now. Great timing, Sherrod. We just you, you're just in time, Sherrod. I know I know how badly he doesn't even want to talk about it. On. Look at his face. He doesn't even want to talk about it. I, what I'm, the hell just happened? What gonna, the hell was that? I'm gonna play the role of, of John Zanis tonight, fortunately or unfortunately for some. I know I know a lot of people want to hear John after a big loss, but what are we doing here? In the words of John Zanis. Bobby, what, what did we just watch? It was a game where they didn't show up. And there's different elements that you can throw into this, whether it's uh, Rob's absence and a bad Horford game and some little things that are probably specific to tonight that made it a historically bad loss for the Celtics. Uh, but you can't ignore anything other than the start. Another game in this string of what's now eight losses over the last 17 so pretty much a 500 stretch now going back to uh, the beginning of December where they aren't making shots early in games. Some nights is bleeding into their defense. Some nights they have the defense to make up for it. And tonight it was as bad as they've played defensively all year. Layup lanes in the second half for dunks. Uh, shooters getting out on the break and finding space. Uh, offensive rebounds turning into three-pointers. And it amounts to... I guess this was tied for second most points that they've ever given up in their franchise history. Uh, we had a we had a Not negative show. We had a negative show after the Denver game, and it's like, all right, it's one bad game, some funky stuff happened. But I haven't liked the way the teams played offense since the three stopped falling. The defense has kind of been uneven all season, as we've talked about. And listen, you get off to this historic start you buy yourself the ability to slip a little bit like they have here. But it's lasting too long, and I'm very interested to see what the team's reaction is because I don't think it can be, oh, we just didn't have it tonight or shots didn't fall or some of the stuff we heard through their last losing streak. Those, yeah, I, need, those, I need some answers too. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those so-called explanations that they're given after some of these losses are bleeding into what we call bullshit excuses. Yeah. That's what we're seeing. This team needs to own up to the fact that they – are playing crappy basketball in every sense of the word. They're not defending. They're not rebounding. They're not – listen, Denver, they got outshot. Denver played a phenomenal game in terms of, of shooting the ball, better than 50% from the field, better than 50% from three-point range. You get it. It happens. But what we saw tonight was a young, athletic team that just played as if they had nothing to lose beat the snot out of you. Boston. They beat the absolute breaks off of you in every sense of the word. They outworked you. They outshot you. They outhustled you. They outcoached you. They outperformed you on every single metric that matters. And I don't want to hear this. Uh, you know, it was just one of those nights on the road. Bullshit. You got your asses kicked and you should be mad about that. Great teams lose, but great teams don't embrace losing. They, they, they're fired up about it. One of, to me, mm -hmm. one of my favorite moments in the entire game, and there weren't that many, was when Marcus Smart got tossed. You know why? Because Marcus Smart, on that particular play, he did get fouled, and it should have been a shooting foul. And, yes, did he overreact to it? Absolutely. But at least he reacted. 
That was my thing. They're getting, yeah. they're giving up layups. They're not trying to foul anybody hard. They're not trying to contest. They're not closing out. They're just like, oh, you know, we'll get down by twenty. And we'll just start knocking down some threes. And we'll get back into it. Hell no. Right. Hell yeah. no. I need them to play as if they care. I need to see that they care about losing. Because yeah. the, the, just the body yeah, language. That's a good point. It was just like a, it was just like a, a loss in the middle of right. November. <laughs> no, <laughs> nah, let it no. out, Sherrod. Let I it out. Come on, you're fresh on vacation, man. Let it all out. You're good. This is bullshit what we're seeing now. Y'all know it. And they know it. That is bullshit what we, what we saw out there. You're spot on. You're spot on, Sherrod. Especially because of their, their mindset going into the second half. I mean, where's the adjustments? Where's the – look, the criteria to beating the Celtics all season long has been getting out to a quick start. I get that. But the response or lack thereof, I'm – I just don't get it. Like defensively, it just seemed like they were a step behind, not hustling to those 50-50 balls. Forget it. You know, the second chance opportunities, of course, you know, they, they weren't the, the Oklahoma City Thunder were able to capitalize on that. But it was not only just the pure effort, but guys got hot. I mean, that's what happens when you have, uh, you know, I know a, a younger team that is, it's their night. You know, you guys coming off the bench, coming up hot, Isaiah, Joe and the Celtics had this sort of body language, the sort of mindset where it was just like, oh, we'll just get it back on offense. It's like, no, you have to stop the bleeding. And they never did that. And especially coming out of halftime, I was shocked as to, to to see that there was no change in their approach whatsoever. If anything, they looked a bit slower, you know, on defense. Like, I didn't see any type of adjustment. And and look, we talked about this after Denver. Uh, Denver's a really talented team. You know, like Sherrod said, they got hot. Uh, offensive, uh, An offense that good, you know, it, it's tough to beat. However, the type of response from a team, again, we, we, and we talked about after the Denver game, it's going to put more pressure on Joe Missoula. Like, what are you going to do now? How are you going to get these guys to play better? I mean, he was sort of under this microscope already, but, I mean, this stretch, this 500 stretch from the beginning of December to now, I mean, how is he going to change things, especially going into this tough matchup against the Mavericks on the road, you know, with, with a chance to – to, to to pick up another L, you know. Can I get his, can I get mad early? You know, hell, early. There's no Bobby. I'm not doing the joke, I'm not doing the Joe thing. Give me a break with the coach. This guy, he he gets little credit. But how is he going to get them to respond, Bobby? That's my question. I'm just I'm just wondering. No, it's like, no, it's it's fair. I'm just talking to the chat because I see it on I see in my mentions. Joe is not no. to blame right now. Like he. He is what he is. He's he's doing what he did early in the year when he was getting all the praise and credit. He's staying consistent. Now you got to adjust, and he's certainly part of this blame pie that we're building right now. But when your team just doesn't show up like they have in various games over the last couple of weeks here, it's on the players. Like this is Emei from last January all over again. Everyone wanted to blame Emei then. The players just weren't executing the different things that they try to implement then, and we've seen less and less of the things that. They want to do stylistically over this last month here. Less of that offensive movement, less of that just excellence in the half court that's not allowing teams to get out and transition on them. Uh, the rebounding, you talk about these effort things, Sherrod. Like, how much can a coach instill these little things in terms of just showing up to games? You know what I always found motivated guys when, when they're not giving great effort? A seat next to me. Yeah, they should have benched the guys. And, the I'm, not, and I'm not talking about taking guys out of the game and not playing them at all. I'm simply having stretches in the game where you see your players are not giving great effort, sit their ass down, have a 
civil conversation, if you want to call it that, that, and politely let them know that they're getting their asses kicked in front of thousands of people. And if they want to get back in the game, fix that shit right now. Because that's the problem. They're not playing hard enough. And, and the thing, Bobby, the one thing that I've, I've – I've, and again, this, this comes from watching this damn game for too many damn decades – Teams throughout the course of the season are going to make adjustments. They're going to take away whatever it is that you're doing well and force you to do other things. That's why when they were knocking out all these damn shots and I'm screaming, where's the D? Where's the D? Oh, you know, as long as they're shooting un- this unprecedented right. knockdown three-point shots and all this other stuff, they're going to be North okay. North. But at some point, that's not going to be the case. Only this is in December, it was especially apparent. Only two teams shot the ball worse from the field than the Boston Celtics. Your Charlotte Hornets and another crappy team. Uh, but Charlotte was <laughs> the one. That, they were the third worst team from the field in the month of December. And that, you yeah. can't be an elite team and fall that far. And, and ironically, their defense was great in December. If you start looking at the numbers, yeah, uh, and that inconsistent me, was, though. They have exactly. They were nice, but they were lights out defensively. And other nights, they were average. And so it, it, they were certainly one of the better teams in the month of December. But the point is this: you have to figure out who your what your identity is, and you cannot swerve from that. If you are going to be a team that is going to live and die by the three point shot, damn it, you better have enough guys who can knock that shot down. If you want to be a balanced team, which are the teams that ultimately win championship, teams that can play great at either end of the floor. You have to do that consistently. Losing to Oklahoma City, to me, there's no shame in losing to them. Getting your ass whipped, giving up a hundred and a buck fifty, that's embarrassing. <laughs> that's uncalled for. And that is something without that, SGA. Without Dude, they, 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 they gave up 150 to a bunch of guys that are, are like guys on at their, the YMCA sometimes. Like, yeah, like guys on their, yeah, I'm a bunch of guys on their rookie contracts. Other like than, you like, could just play pickup and 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 you know, hold these guys to less points than the Celtics did tonight. I mean, that's unbelievable. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL and bowl season to esports and World Cup. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So here's no offense to everyone on the team, but hold on real quick. Let me get a couple words in since you guys have gotten yeah. your words. Yeah, we got, thought, we got Jimmy all. I'm talking no, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to run the chat. The, the chat's obviously all up in arms right now and i'm trying to put the some comments up here there's a few you know thanks to the people who super chatted us i think it was kevin uh dirk dirk said one thing I, dirk it, most of your message i disagree with because i don't want to you know give excuses but the one thing you said that i agreed with is something about how the celtics can't be and can't feel entitled and that's how i felt tonight where they thought they were just gonna roll the ball out there and oklahoma city was just gonna just give it to them and go home i get like what these guys have pride. I mean, I know we're kind of dogging them a bit, but they obviously have pride. They're NBA players. They're talented enough to roll with anybody on any given night. And they actually played with pride. They played with aggressiveness. They played with effort. Celtics didn't show any of that tonight. And you can, you, and listen, the reason why we say sometimes the defense is a little bit overrated is because it's all effort. If you just show up and play, 
theoretically, you should be able to compete. The Celtics team we know is talented enough on the defensive end to compete with any team in the NBA. But when they don't want to put the effort in and they don't want to play both sides of the basketball, when you literally... See, I disagree with that, Jimmy. You can't just turn it on. I know you can't. It's you have to you have to you have to build it up. You have to yeah, you can't, you can't just right. flip a switch. Yeah. But I but I've seen it enough where I know that it's there. But they're yeah. not doing it consistently enough. Again, it goes back to thinking that they're just going to outscore opponents. You know, like I said, you know, SGA's out tonight. They thought that they had no chance in losing this game, but that's not how it works. You have to actually play basketball. The, the it's 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 frustrating because you know that they're better than this and consistency is, is very, very important in this league and you have to build healthy habits. You want to go into the playoffs playing, you know, the right brand of basketball. And I know the playoffs aren't starting tomorrow, but you can't just take nights off. You can't take road trips off. You can't go on these ridiculous hot streaks and cold streaks where you just, it's just no way to gain any sort of, I guess stability within your within your team, um, and, and Jimmy. That's why I, I mean I'm I'm always going to lean on the value of defense because I know at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing in a game, if you're playing relatively good or average at that end of the floor, you're going to give yourself a chance to win. You're going to give your right. if you, if you, but if you have the mindset that we've got to outscore these guys as opposed to we need to run our system and find ways to win, you're going to have problems like this. You're going to have nights where basically only two guys are making shots right now, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Pretty much the rest of the crew is just like, okay, let's play. Nah, 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 let's win. Forget about playing. Play play is what you do in the preseason. Play is what you do in the offseason when you're hanging out with your fellas. Winning is what you need to be about now. And they seem to have lost their way. And, and again, so much of this, I, I think, comes down to effort and energy and things of that nature. And there just wasn't much of that tonight. You 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 can't control how well you execute, but you damn sure can control how hard you play. And they didn't play hard enough. They did not. Not even here's, close. Yeah. Here's this. Especially on. Yeah. Look at this. I, Look at these I stats. Wanna... Look at these stats, guys. 21 fast break points from OKC, 70 points in the paint, 54 bench points, 16 second chance points, 14 steals. That's effort. That's aggressiveness. That's. You know, running the floor. How many That's times for getting your ass kicked and getting exactly. bounced in the first round of the playoffs? I mean, by how many a times? Team. Yeah, how many times did you look up and OKC was way. just running in transition, and the Celtics right. were just watching them? That was it. How many open looks did they get too? Two yeah, it's the way Sam Hauser got the ball snatched away from him, man. And look, I don't even know why he was taking the ball out to begin with, but like that's sort of like the beginning of like where I was like, where's the effort here? Mm-hmm. Like, or the lazy passes? Tatum had a couple of them, just. You know, they almost had a turnover at the end of the third that turned into a buzzer beater. He's passing in the other direction. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and I, I, you know, I I hate to pick on Sam because I love Sam Hauser. He, he, I had a rough month. He's had a hard. He's he's been bad. I mean, a bit rough. I'm gonna just call what it is. I love Sam, but Sam (laughs) is playing like crap lately. Let's be honest and keep it real. Uh, And getting his pocket picked like that. First of all, he should have never been in that position to bring the ball up. Um, and, and, and it, I put that on his teammates. Uh, that, that's one of those, you know, it's the same turnover with an asterisk and the asterisk should say he should not have been in this position to turn the damn ball over. Bottom line, they, they're not playing with great focus. They're not playing with great energy. They're not playing with great focus. And yeah, I know they've won a few games, but have they really played winning basketball? Because you can win games and not be playing winning basketball. I still mm-hmm. think they were able to find ways to come out ahead and they did not play 
great in the process. Not like November, where they were just crushing you. They were average defensively and crushing you offensively. So that's why they're winning by damn near 20, 30 points. December. The, the Phoenix the game, Sherrod. Yeah. That was What's the pinnacle. That win against the Suns was that was the that was it. That was the yeah, but, but the Suns, but, but but that that every day that that stock continues to plummet because the Suns they lost like eighteen games last year and they're already at that point right. and we just but, the calendar just flipped. Right, and but that was like the peak of like this year as they did last year. So that win doesn't even look all that sexy anymore. It doesn't. Yeah, you're right. Now beating Luka, beating Luca in Dallas, that'll be a sexy win because you because you might as well put Luca down for 40, 12, and 10 right now. Maybe by <laughs> half. You might get that in the first half. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean when he's playing, he's playing. And and you know, we were talking about this earlier, but scoring scoring is obviously up around the league. We just saw Donovan Mitchell go off last night for 71. You know, that was, we well know, that was insane. We know what Luke has been doing. Um, you know, there's just multiple guys that are just on any given night dropping 40. I mean, guys are averaging over 30 right now. So it's not crazy to see 150 points scored. It's not – I should say it's not as crazy. It's still relatively crazy. But it is the way it happened tonight. It is against this roster. It is against the Celtics, who have no business giving up that many points. So – I think this is one of the more embarrassing losses in, in recent memory over multiple Hell yeah. over multiple seasons here. I don't know how Season. far back you want to go, but we've had some embarrassing yeah. ones. But damn, when you have a team this talented, the way the Celtics are, there's just no excuse for it. I mean, yeah, I know they didn't, they didn't have Rob tonight, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But Oklahoma City had next to nobody. They aren't even really – they're not built to – So here's where I got not worried, built to Jimmy. drop. 75, not one. Sorry, but if you take Jay off of that team and Rob off of this team, that does not equate to a 33-point ass. No, not at all. No, no. Not at all. And Josh Kitty Josh Kitty put on a clinic. Man, they, they, got, they got Isaiah Joe he's out there. Like he's like half Isaiah Thomas, half Joe Johnson. Getting whatever the hell he wants. Mm-hmm. So they got they got Kitty. Thanks, too. Jeez. Do that 17 in like the first half off the damn fence. Not yeah. the game. Not the, not a, what in the first half. He had it in the second quarter. He dropped seventeen. He got seventeen in the same damn quarter, man. He was just crazy just out there. So just here's where I got. What you got, Bobby? Here's where I got worried tonight because I came in feeling pretty good about this game, obviously. Um, I didn't think the Celtics would have another bad game on this trip just because I think they bounced back good from <clears throat> bad losses I know, this year. I, I was surprised too, though. But I see that graphic they put up on NBC, and I actually saw another stat to start this morning, uh, how great the Nets have been isolation offense and how bad the Celtics have been isolation defense. Coming into tonight, 26 Celtics that were ranked in isolation defense. And this is something they've talked about throughout this year when they've had these bad defensive lapses is just individual efforts. And you start to look at some of the numbers here from a team that obviously like made its money guarding isolations last year with the switching, and they have some horrifying numbers. Uh, like, and it from key guys on the team too. You look at Marcus Smart, way down in like the ninth percentile in terms of guarding that one point two six points per possession, which is a ton to give up in isolation. Jalen Brown one point two one. That's in the thirteenth percentile. Malcolm Brogdon one three nine. There's a case Malcolm Brogdon is the worst isolation defender in the NBA this year. And then you have Hauser, Horford, Grant, who are close to that 1.0 mark, which is bad. But 
they have some bad, bad, bad isolation numbers in terms of guarding that. And even Tatum, 0.95 isn't great. I don't know what that means. I don't know if you guys are seeing anything in that sense in terms of like individual guys just getting beat. But across the board, this defense that just dominated in terms of locking down your man, guarding different positions, certainly Smart was the defensive player of the year last year. They've all been bad. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And they're one of the worst isolation defenses in the NBA, which is scary if you think this team's going to go up against Brooklyn in the playoffs. Well, these are the kind of losses where – well, these are the kind of teams, I should say, that I feel like beat the Celtics on these kind of nights where guys are – you know, six, seven guys are scoring double figures. You know, there's, there's the offense coming from multiple guys, and the Celtics are getting caught in switches, and, you know, they get caught in isolation a lot of the times, you know, especially in uh, one-on-one. You see Tatum and Brogdon fall over on one of those? I did, yeah. Yeah, especially underneath the basket. So, I mean, yeah, I could see that, especially when you have, again, multiple guys who are attacking and you're getting caught on switches and it's like sort of that, that sort of pick your poison when the defense just can't stop the bleeding. But, uh, again, I feel like the Celtics, they tend to rely on Tatum and Brown to get them out of those those those, those uh, down times. And I, I feel like when the defense is not able to string, string together stops, it's just – the gap gets to be, gets gets too wide for the Celtics to come back, and that's what happened in this one. Especially when they didn't change anything going into the second half, they never changed uh, their defense whatsoever. So this is a comment that it's not just fire Joe. And by the way, guys, we, we get it. Okay, we don't need a thousand. I'm of those. so sick of the Joe. It's so easy to say blame it, the coach. It is, but you know what, Bobby? We can't not discuss. No, he's worth discussing. It. Absolutely. So so let's talk about it because maybe it'll it'll get people to stop just commenting over and over. But <laughs> It won't. But I'm, no, it won't. And whatever. But I think, you know, in-game adjustments has been something that, uh, you know, I've mentioned a few times on this show that I, I wish that Joe would, would try to do a little bit sooner than he has at points. But man, I think like t- tonight, it, it kind of goes beyond that. I feel like you, you had to, you had to make, you had to make an example out of some guys that were just walking in quicksand out there. I think you needed to just, like Joe Sway said, he didn't, they didn't make really any adjustments coming out of the half. Um, it was the same lackadaisical effort. I wonder if he doesn't get, can't get through these guys the same way. I don't know if it's an age thing. I don't know if it's a lack of experience thing. Are they too friendly? I, I, I don't know what it is. If, if, is there something missing? Is there, is there something missing between coach and player that needs to be there in order for these guys to, I don't know, listen, buy in? I mean, I know they should be self-motivated to some extent, but I would love to see – Joe Mazzulla, call a timeout. I know that's a crazy thought too, but call a timeout. And I want to see him ripping into some of these guys. Knock, you know, knock some sense into these guys out there. Yeah. I want to see some passion. I don't want to see just not too high, not too low, 24-7. I hate that. I need well, some emotion. Here's the thing. I, 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 can, I can take a, a pass on the emotion if that's not who you are authentically. If you have certain other qualities and traits that will basically get that same message across in a different way. For example, this was a game where if you are lacking effort and things like that, look at that end of your bench and who who 
can you possibly throw in there who can give you pretty much nothing else but energy and effort? Noah Vonley is that kind of player. He's not going to – he's not the most skilled guy out there, but he's going to use them six fouls that he gets every damn game, mm-hmm. as, and, and he's going to give you a presence. And he's he wants to, to play. Tell and you he that. wants to play. And, and I would have liked to see him use them all in one quarter. I would like to see. I would like to see him throw him out there at some point in the first half. And, and again, we're not talking about four, eight, nine, ten minutes, but like two or three minutes here or there, just to shake things up. Because clearly, your team was not mentally engaged to win today. And so sometimes you just need a guy that seldom plays to throw. Oh hell, throw Blake out there early on. I mean, it was a damn homecoming for. That's what I was saying after Denver. Sure. I mean, and I want to see it, him out there at some point throughout this trip because it, shit. If Rob's not available, throw him out just, there. Why not? He's just that in case of an emergency, let's play Blake. And I thought this was a game where you should have played with, with – you at least should coach with a sense of urgency if your players don't play with one. And I, I just didn't think anyone on this roster, coaches, players, it didn't feel as though they wanted to win this game. It felt as though they just wanted to play. They just wanted to get out there and, and sort of kind of compete, but not really. And then when it got out of hand, they never made any type of adjustments to try to turn the tide. And I don't believe it was because Oklahoma City was was playing great basketball. I thought they played a good game, but the, most of the stuff that they did was not a great X's and O's schematic type thing. Like Denver. Denver did a great job defensively. Their X's and O's were on point. Oklahoma City simply just played harder. This was way more by effort. And, and to me, effort losses are way more disturbing than ones where the X's and O's don't work in your favor. Because especially when effort, they start to stack up. Especially when they start to stack up. Because as we all know, that one or two games can lead to three or four, can lead to six losses and eight. And next thing you know, you've got a pattern, you've got a trend. And not only inside that locker room, but opponents are looking at you like, damn, if they gave up 40 to OKC, shit, we got... We could add, drop at least 35 a quarter on them. Well, that's a great point, Gerard. Guess where this started? If you go back to the beginning of December, that Warriors game. And what yeah. did they say after that game? Oh, it's one out of 82. Right. But look how quickly it becomes 17. That was your that was your litmus test, and you and you failed it badly, uh, badly. And you haven't and you haven't been able to get back on track since. No. And and you know we. we talked about the the non-existent start to this game the effort talked about the coach but we always want to give the players credit after a win I'm looking at Jason Tatum I'm looking at Jalen Brown tonight you know those guys have to lead not just in scoring but they have to lead it with their attitude you have to lead it with their style of play they have to move the ball around they have to play hard on defense obviously the same goes for Marcus Smart I know Sherrod you're like kind of happy that Marcus Smart got kicked out I don't really buy that. I think, you know, he's complaining about a foul call. And if you want to show energy and effort and get the team fired up, look at yourself in the mirror. Don't look at the referees. Look at your teammates and get everybody going that way. By kicking, by getting yourself kicked out of the game, what is that going to do? I mean, if you want to, you know, t- if you can take a team. Jimmy, the bar was so fr- ridiculously low today. That was literally the best thing I could come up with. That they did. <laughs> All right, I'll give because, it to you. Because, because, my, because my issue was that there was no emotion. There was no effort. And that right, was no, literally right the there. best. That is the it. And, and that's sad, Jimmy. You didn't even sad. see the usual of a place. Right. Right. Hold me back. Hold me back. It's sad that the greatest amount of effort you showed was getting you know, one of your, your – key players getting his ass tossed. That was the most effort they – and that's – they're better than – and I think that's – to me, that's the frustrating part about this team. When we see games like this, we know damn well they're better than this. We know damn well that they can compete harder than this, that they can play better than this. 
And they don't. And when they don't, we get mad, we get angry, we get pissed. We, we, we basically, we try to project what we were hoping they would project on us. Mm-hmm. Be passionate about the game. Be, be pissed off. You don't have to punch a locker or do any of that nonsense, but show, show some semblance of caring that you've got your ass demolished by a bunch of cats on their, on their rookie contracts. Right. We talk. I mean, we're talking about the youngest of the young because Oklahoma City is, if not the youngest, one of the top two or three youngest teams in the NBA. And they basically right. said, "Come to the crib, have a seat, as we beat we beat the snot out of you." From yeah. beginning Here to end, basically said, "Come, come, take this." We had a piece yeah. of it. It sounds like yeah. Missoula. It sounds like Missoula admitted that they were out hustled tonight, and the effort wasn't there compared to where OKC was. So at least, at least Thanks, he so. was able to admit yeah. that. <laughs> Um, I obviously am not watching the press conference, so I don't know, you know, everything that he said here. Out. You got anything yeah. good, Bobby? Uh, he said he talked about them having to go through things like this. Whether you win or lose is a level of humility you have to have in the NBA. Um, and, you know, he did say early in the year, like, you're going to have some losses that, like, and I've heard a couple of people say this this year that, like, yeah, you're going to have two or three losses per year where you just have nothing. And you're gonna get destroyed, and I think we all understand that that's what tonight was. But, yeah, but it's you know part of an, Sorry, it's part of an you know extended what, run. You know what yeah, he said tonight, I, though. You know what he said tonight. He said, "I didn't know it was gonna be that bad, though." Yeah. But, but the thing, but the thing is, just he's right. You're gonna have those games, but typically those games come when the other team just has the game of their lives. Yeah. When the other team plays so far above where they normally play at that you, all you can do is just put your hands up. I mean, like the Denver game. Denver did a great job from an X's and O's game planning standpoint. And last but certainly not least, their execution was damn near flawless in almost every facet of play. Ball movement, defense, rotating, closeouts. Everything that you, you coach your team to do well, they did well. Oklahoma City, Nah. They were, I mean, they just played pretty good game. You threw the ball in the passing lane. He sticks his hand out. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to grab the damn yeah, ball. Over ran the other ass off, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. all they did was play with effort. That's literally all Oklahoma City did that. that And they didn't even – I didn't even think they played with great effort. I thought they played with good effort. But this wasn't a great, phenomenal, oh, my God, I can't believe how hard they're playing kind of game. They played the way they typically play. There was nothing special or unique about the way they played other than the fact that they played – supposedly the best team in the Eastern Conference, beat the snot out of the best team in the Eastern Conference, and they did it without their best player. They got no resistance, Gerard. I mean, and no resistance. Two 40-point quarters back-to-back, second and third, are mind-blowing. You don't see that. You certainly don't see 150 points in a game, five guys giving up 20, and that just goes back to those individual efforts defensively. Why aren't they connected? Why aren't they on a string? Like, what is wrong with that unit where you do have some nights of great energy and great enthusiasm that get you up to number one over a seven-game stretch right after Rob got back. They're number seven in the league. So they have their moments on that end. You know they have potential. But there are just some nights where they look lost, like tonight, or guys are getting killed up the dribble. I don't know if it's a minutes thing and there's just not the energy. or It's uh, not a minutes thing. These guys like, are all young young guys for the most part. Like That's not it. You know what, you know, you know what Bobby? They came out of the second half. They came out, they came out at halftime. And I think they, they gave up like 10 straight or like yeah, right yeah. around it. Like, and that's great because I said in the chat, Jimmy, I, they're going to win this game. They'll turn it up in the right. second half and they'll turn it around. It got worse. It got, it got much worse very quickly. Yeah. I think three minutes in to the second half, it was ballooned to a 30-point game. And it was like, uh, what the hell happened in that locker room at halftime? 
that you came out and gave up 10 straight just like that. I mean, come well, one, on. Of the, one of the things I, I try to do is I, I try to listen to the visiting teams uh, uh, play by play just to, just to kind of see what their mindset was. And when they came out of the half, they talked to one of the assistant coaches who said they stressed to their players that when we come out of the second half, you have to play as if the score is zero zero and you have to be just as you have to be even more aggressive now than you were to start the game. And they were. I mean, they scored. I think they got a three-point play within like the first 15, 20 seconds of the third quarter. And they continued to pull away and pull away and made this thing just the absolute, one of the more unexpected smackdowns we've seen in the NBA this season. And you can't, you just can't allow that to happen. I don't care if you lose, but at least go down fighting and scrapping and, and, and just playing with effort. That just wasn't the case at all. I mean, Joe Mazzulla was spot on when he, when, he, when he made the assessment that they didn't play with great effort. I would go a step further and say they played with little to no effort because if they play with some semblance of decent social effort, yeah. you still probably lose, but you probably lose by 10 or 15 points as opposed to damn near 30. Right. You lose a lot less because of a – just based off talent alone. You know, these guys putting together that type of effort would have strung together at least a few stops – when, when things got really bad, especially in transition. I mean, that's the part of the Celtics game where part of this game where I feel like OKC could could sense that. They're like, man, we just keep playing at this level. I think we could get away with this one. And and they and they did, obviously, in a big way in the second half. But, you know, the Celtics, they, they, they had to clean that up. I mean, that's just something that just it really does boil it down to effort and, and obviously, you know, making sure that everyone's on the same page and, and just trying to be that team that they were that first month and a half where I feel like they had this huge chip on the shoulder they had so much to prove to everyone that, you know, they're going to be all right throughout all the situation. You know, when the spotlight was really on them, they responded in a big way. And maybe that's what it takes. I mean, Joe Mazzulla sort of alluding to the fact that, look, this is if we're going to be great, if we're going to reach where we want to go, we're going to have nights like this. OK, if that's the case, then let's see the bounce back. I mean, again, that that's that's going to really that's that's what's going to show us the, the true character of this team, at least up until this point. I mean, I, I thought the Celtics had reached at least another notch here, you know, with, with the way they played against the, the Bucs and the way they, they turned around that homestand. But, I mean, they're looking like the team that they that, that started that homestand now. So here we are again, you know. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad Jimmy brings up Tatum and Brown, too. Forceness between those two guys isn't going to work. Brown's been great, but we talk about his role. It's not really a role that's connecting with other guys and getting them involved. He's just zoned in on scoring which is great i think that's his job on this team but then you look at tatum with two assists and four turnovers and it's like all right who's the facilitator tonight i'm not getting on smart for a couple of bad games in a row i think he's been phenomenal this season you know you look at those defensive numbers and you wonder what's going on there but offensively he's hit all the right buttons this year i think these are just a few bad nights from him tatum listen he's setting a million screens you look at those numbers and the things he's doing in terms of activity on offense, getting downhill, drawing all these free throws. It, 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 he, you know, the stats and the approach check the box. I even think they've gotten away from all the threes these last two games and settled down their offense. But when you look at the players right now, and this goes back to our Joe conversation, like is Joe going to make the big speech in halftime? No. Is Joe going to be going crazy on the sideline or pulling guys? So one of the players has to step up, and that's Tatum. That's Horford. He certainly saw Except Smart it isn't. It's never tonight. those guys. And it's, it's nobody. No, guys. it's nobody right now. Look at all the dejected faces of just blank stares tonight. No one was really communicating to get guys going. We weren't there tonight, of course. Maybe we missed some stuff. But I, I haven't seen great body language. It's supposed to be smart. So, 
He's the only, and Smart's the only one that has shown the ability to do that and it have the potential to resonate in a positive way. But I, I mean, honestly, you know, if, if we're being, I just think Smart in many respects is just beaten down by this team. Like, he, I think there's a part of him and he, I don't think he'll ever admit it publicly, but he shouldn't always be the one to do that. He's already shown he can do that. He's already, and, and the thing about teams is that you have certain roles, but sometimes those roles have to evolve and change. And you got to do some things that maybe force you to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, could you imagine mm-hmm. if, if, if Tatum just came storming to the locker room at halftime and cussed out everyone in the locker room? It would have been like, oh, shit. Did I guarantee you they wouldn't have given up ten straight coming out of there if he I'm, did. I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, I, when I think about this, you this hear Celtics this all team, the time. They follow his lead. They do. I, when I think about the Celtics team, I, I I think about they they need they need they need to have an Ed Reed moment. Former University of Miami player had a great halftime speech. You know, I pour my heart into shit. I'm a hurt dog. They need someone to. Ah, to kind of get under these guys' skin and just get, get them to understand that this is real. You can't you can't act as if this is just another game. Even if even right. if everything in your mind is telling you that you have to play with a sense of urgency. Remember, they talked in in, in the preseason about wanting to get off to a good start, and that was great. There was not a whole lot of talk about what happens after the good start. How about right. making a good middle and a good finish? Can we can we have that conversation at some point? Can <laughs> you don't we talk want the reversal last year? Exactly, which which is kind of what we're seeing. I mean, it's like it's look it looks like the end of last season where they finished with great momentum. They're reverting back as the season goes on to where they began last season, and that's not what you want because the last thing Celtics fans want to see is them get into a first round tussle with somebody like Indiana uh, and, and and get taken out because if because I'm telling you if they don't step their effort game up. This season is going to end significantly sooner than they want, mm-hmm. because because if you start looking at the teams that are behind mm-hmm. them and are on the rise, they all play hard. Cleveland, yeah. they play hard. Brooklyn is is figured out. They, I mean, they they've left the drama on the shelf mm-hmm. and right. made it all about basketball, and yeah. they're playing great, and they're playing great. And those don't, teams, talk, don't talk about Brooklyn right. with Bobby here. I was going to say those teams you're about to all, close to it. The teams you're about can. to list right now, Sherrod, they all have stars on their on their squad multiple, too, right? Multiple superstars, stars. right? I mean, I mean, right. the, the, Brooklyn way, the Nets, way, 12, 12 wins in a row. Cleveland Cavaliers, they already busted you a couple of times this season, right? Donovan Mitchell almost almost hit. He felt like he was going to hit eighty. They had if he had Yo, more time. Donovan Mitchell those didn't just get scary. his bag. Donovan Mitchell found a, a second bag that we didn't know about. He's, he's not in his bag. He's into that other bag that I we didn't love, realize was there. I <laughs> Where did love that come from? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, that. Yeah, I love Mitchell too. Man, and he's a good and he's a good dude. But the the good the good news for the Celtics is that there's plenty of season left where they can get on a flow and just figure out what they need to do to get better. But they but look, they can't just keep banking on well, you know, this is one of eighty two. Nah, nah, fellas. Well, tonight's nah. a good wake up call, right? And this is why I'm not going to go after. Joe. We'll find out when they get to Dallas. Yeah, yeah and I'm exactly. interested to see. I'm interested to see what players say tonight. But you know what? You know, uh, you know what's one more thing on the Joe thing, Jimmy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I said coming into this year, I wasn't worried about Joe taking over despite the inexperience, because this group at some point, whether it was Eme, whether it was Joe, whether it was Bill Jackson or Bob Knight, like anyone along the sideline, this team was going to have to figure out how to manage themselves and get through tough moments. And right. listen, Ime was there last year and we all loved the job he did. But when things got 
tough in the finals. His approach didn't work then either. And they had to figure something out that they couldn't at that time. So no matter who the coach was this year, they were going to have to figure out how to persevere through tough stretches and all the different things we've seen them go through in recent years. And they've gotten better at it. So I don't, I'm never going to look at the coach with this group anymore. They've reached that stage where they can win a championship. There's no perfect coach that's going to, to hit all the right buttons and magically make them a champion. They have to do it as players. They have to figure it out through these moments. And I think that's why he does the timeout thing that we get so mad about. I think that's why he coaches the way he does free flowing and all that, because that's what it's going to take for this team to figure it out. Like they, they just have to figure it out together. There's no right. magical coach that's going to fix everything in those tough moments. No, I get that Bobby, but I don't think any of us is thinking that, it's, it, it may stay like this forever. I mean, I, I just think we're all wondering how is he going to get them back to playing the way that they were playing. I mean, obviously the experience. They have to do it. Mind. It's like it can't be him, right? But he's got to. He's he's still guiding these guys at the same time. So I mean, if, 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 right? if, if they're figuring out Bobby, if they're figuring out how like, to get back to where they here. were, what what the hell is he going to be doing? I mean, seriously. I mean, right. not, not even. Not, I mean, not, not even throwing no sh- because I do think that he has to be part of the process. But I, Bobby, I agree with you that they can't lean on him to be the one that puts all of them on his back and guides him. I agree with that. But there has to be some type of, of middle ground where the coach is putting his imprint on this, this rescue mission because that's exactly what they need. And the right. players are, are doing a better job of executing their role in that mission. And hopefully whatever the hell the coach is trying to get them to do. Because there, there is a disconnect, it seems, between what he wants them to do, what they feel they need to do, and what they're actually executing on a game-in, game-out basis. And I know they won a few, few games in a row, and that's great, but – have they again? And I go back to this question. There's a difference between winning games and playing winning basketball. We've seen a lot of teams win games, but they didn't weren't necessarily playing great basketball. Mm-hmm. I think the Celtics fell into that category. What they were doing in November, phenomenal basketball, just absolutely phenomenal. crushing teams. With when they were, I'd say they're winning late November, early December. Yeah, they they, they found ways to, to outscore the opponent, and that's pretty much the big takeaway that they got in most of their victories. Um, they've had a couple of signature ones, but for the most part, they're just finding they've found ways to beat teams. And you Cannon can't Brown, rely. Bro. That's what you it was. can't. Yeah, and you can't. You, there's that can. Oh, you can only go to that well so many times before it comes up dry. Well, what you're looking so, for from Joe is structure and adjustments. Those are the two. Yeah. And I think you've shown that his structure works. I mean, they started what just this ridiculous mm-hmm. record to start the year. So obviously, the game plan that he wants to play with works. Um, but it's adjustments, and it's it's. Right. I think you look at all their recent losses, where they start in these games, 3 of 11 from 3, uh, 3 of 10, 3 of 14. They just have these awful shooting starts, and they, they say it. It bleeds into their defense. I think they he, he, he opened tonight saying he wants them to shoot more threes, which I was like, what? That's the one thing I don't like about his coaching philosophy is just all the shooting, all the reliance on the threes, and that becoming the fixture of your game, I think we've seen, can bleed into the other areas on the worst nights. They start going in isolation, trying to solve things. Smart starts you know, shooting more, trying to pick up the offense, and then guys aren't defending. Well, see, and Bobby, and I, I agree with, with Joe from the standpoint of how you establish your presence has the potential to bleed into other areas of your play. That's why defense is so important. Yeah. Because when you, def- when you defend, that mean, you, the defense is mostly effort. It's not about length. It's not about quickness. It's not. It's effort. 
And when you play great effort at that end of the floor, guess what? Your effort offensively might be a little bit better, which means screens will be set a little bit harder. Guys might move a little bit harder on those those cuts to the basket. Layups might be you, you might be attacking the rim with a little bit more force and get to the free throw line. That's what effort does for you. And effort typically starts at the defensive end of the floor. That's why the the idea that they're going to shoot more threes and that's going to you know kind of get them in the right frame of mind to, to turn this around. I'm not sold on that. Because shooting threes is not an effort. That doesn't fall under to the umbrella of effort. Yeah. In fact, it, in many respects, it's the, the opposite, I, opposite yeah. of that. Right. Because it's, it, it, that's the one shot that teams, for the most part, are willing to give you with consistency. They're not going like, to give you, me, when you When you go up and down, you know, the up and down the floor in the, in the wide ball game, and you're so tired, you just start jacking up shots. You don't right. want to go, you don't wanna go to the middle yourself, anymore. Speak like for that. yourself, Joe Sway. Speak it's for like yourself. That. That's your sway game. It, it, it no, that like was that. Jimmy. There, right. No, that, that, that's a fact, actually. That does happen a lot. But you know what it is? You start Jimmy's always also, commenting on people's game. You know? if, if you start relying on the three too often, then all of a sudden you think, well, we can just get back in it by shooting threes, right? So that's the other issue that I have is that they don't want to work for that comeback on a game like tonight. You can't just shoot your way out of out of effort or out of lack thereof uh, on the defensive end. You have to put it in somewhere. You have to create good habits and and, and move you know forward in that direction. My biggest concern, if if it's a, if it's you know and we'll move off from Missoula after this, but right around this time or even before the Celtics really started to turn it on last year. Excuse me, in the regular season, we never had to question their effort or their attitude out there. In fact. We were kind of wondering the opposite. Like, are these guys going too hard in the regular season? Or are other teams just kind of like taking it easy and gearing up for the playoffs? I'll tell you what, I'd much rather have last year's attitude and effort and, and going to the playoffs playing too hard than what I've seen or what I saw tonight and what I've seen in some other games recently. Again, it's not right around the corner, but this was the time last year when they started building good habits and when this felt like they were buying into what Ime was trying to drill into them over and over. So my concern is whether or not Missoula has that ability to get them to buy into whatever it is that he's trying to tell them, whether it's in a timeout, whether it's at halftime, whether they can sort of rally together and play hard and just, yes, Bobby, you're right. You know that they're capable of doing it. So it doesn't really, you're almost saying, well, it doesn't really matter to me what Joe does because I've seen enough out of these guys talent wise that I know that they can get to the finals and win the finals. That's fine. But at the same time, I think you still have to put that in motion. You still have to spark that. You still have to get these guys to play that way and to play together and play connected and to pass the ball. And we saw Tatum and Brown playing more connected the first couple months of this season than we've ever really seen them. I don't want that to go away. You know, I I, I want to see Rob out there more, you know, and I know that they're, they're being very cautious with him apparently. But I want to start to see these things fall into place because all of a sudden it's going to be February and all of a sudden it's going to be March. And just just like that, you're going to have teams like Sherrod said, the Nets, the Cavs, the Sixers are playing, playing solid basketball. No one's really talking about them at all. Um, there's a lot of talent in the East. There's about five teams that are on any given night can beat you. Um, and that's not going to change the rest of the season as long as every team stays you know, healthy. Um before we move on, though, we got to pay a couple bills. So, um, Sherrod mentioned phenomenal a few times. Uh, we happen to have a shirt available to uh, fans of the show and of the Celtics. 
Does it say uh, phenomenal and, on it, Jimmy? It, it, <laughs> it, it, it may or may not say phenomenal. So how can you get a shirt like that? Well, one of the ways you can, drumroll please, is if you go over to athleticgreens.com slash garden, sign up for um, whether it's a subscription or a one-time supply of Athletic Greens, you'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D, five free travel packs with your first purchase, and you'll get an amazing product from Athletic Greens AG1. Um, it's a uh, powder that's filled with vitamins, minerals, all the good stuff that's going to help get your 2023 off to a good start, guys. That's what this week is all about that, right? I mean, everyone's getting back in the gym. Everyone's got their their goals written out on the on the whiteboard, their health goals, right? Maybe you're going to start running. Maybe you're going to change your diet up. Well, AG, AG1 can literally check off a major, major box for you if, if diet and, and health is one of them. Um, it's just going to give you that little, that little, not even little, it's actually a lot of, you know, the, the good stuff that you need, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, prebiotics, um, you know, gut health, little powder, toss it in your, in your water in the morning and you're off to, you're off to the races, whether it's work, school, wherever it is you're going. Um, and it's just a good way to start the day. Um, and it, we use it. I know that, that, you know, you, you guys have been using it pretty regularly over the last few months. It comes out to less than three dollars um, a use, which is less than a coffee these days. Coffee's giving you nothing but a fake little caffeine boost that you're going to come crashing down on at some point. So why don't you put something good into your systems? So check out um, AG1 AthleticGreens.com/garden. Again, you get a free one-year supply of vitamin D on on top of what they're going to give you. They'll also give you the vitamin D. They give you five free travel packs. Toss them in your duffel bag on the way to the gym. And we'll give you a phenomenal T-shirt hey, right there. there um, send your little proof of purchase to Xanis. You fill out a quick little form. You'll get a shirt mailed to you. Nick Gelso will uh, will personally autograph them all, I'm told. Um, so I'm just kidding. He won't do that, so don't expect that. Um, but, um, like, don't ruin my shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's Athletic Greens. And then um, secondly, guys, um, another great sponsor of ours, Rocket Money. Um, Rocket Money, I'll tell you what, if, if AG1 is to your health, Rocket Money is to your wealth. How about that? So rocketmoney.com slash garden to save hundreds and cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now. A little health and wealth. That was just something that came to me just right now. I don't know if you guys caught that, but um, Rocket Money is an awesome website. If you guys want to check that out, um, you know, basically there's a lot of us out there that we just subscribe to things over and over and over, over the years, weekly, monthly subscriptions. I know specifically Joe Sway has got a few of them, but that's neither here nor there. Um, nothing, dude. I mean, I just know you got some premium subscriptions, but other than that, if you're looking for <laughs> that if, friggin' joke. <laughs> it sounds so <laughs> terrible, Jimmy. What dude, I mean, I don't know. It's listen, that's what rocket money might be for you, man. Who knows that's what's going on? All of Joe Sway business on front Take the premium Damn. out of there. Damn. That's not true. He meant your newspapers, Joe Sway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no we didn't I'll just say what well, I'll just say that they probably add up so hit up rockandplay.com <laughs> slash garden they're going to get them in order for you um, you might save a couple bucks here a couple bucks there all of a sudden three months in you've you've got a couple extra hundred dollars to work with and, and who knows where you can go with that so rockandplay.com slash garden save hundreds and cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now also rocket money is just going to it's just going to um, help you manage your money your finances in general um, they do a lot more than just the um, subscription stuff. So check that stuff out. Okay, guys. Thanks for um, hanging on for that. Um, 
There's we got a few things that we we haven't spoken about. I mean, uh, Bobby, you wanted to put the Brogdon um, lower in here for a reason, and we didn't really talk much about him or the bench recently. But I think the bench is a concern, for sure. Yeah, and <laughs> they ain't getting that. They ain't getting that production. Yeah, and he's he's the center of it. He, he was crucial to the success they had early in the year. Oh, whoops, my bad. He was crucial to the success they had early in the year. Now he's slipping as they as that unit slips, and he's kind of setting the tone for both of those stretches. I've looked at the finishing numbers all year, and they've they've puzzled me. There was a play in this game where he got fouled in the first quarter bad entry into the lane like it really looked like he was just kind of caught in there but he got fouled thunder challenged it got overturned so that was part of a two for six start for him he's just 50 percent at the rim which isn't good i think he's less than that in the lane like in the paint area in general uh, exactly 50 percent at the rim 45 percent in the paint outside of the rim so i he's struggling to finish he's not shooting a lot in that area that's obviously where he's going to create for a lot of the time and if you're not a threat to finish in there, we've seen this with Smart in the past, it can impact your playmaking. And I think he's going through that right now. Uh, he does draw eight free throws in this game, which is good. He's got some good hesitation moves and all that. But when it comes to just getting in there and finishing, even in transition at one point, he had to pull out and pass the Tatum to finish, or get fouled, rather. I don't know what's going on with him. He doesn't look like he's moving great to me. Uh, he I, there just hasn't been great energy in his game. Certainly, I threw out the defensive stat earlier, and he's been one of the worst isolation defenders in the league this year. And he was so good to start. I know he had that hamstring stretch. It was just tightness, they said, uh, about a month ago now. But other than that, he said he's been fresh. He's only playing about 20 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Gerard, what are you seeing from him? Brogdon. Oh, he's muted, I think. Gerard, are you muted? Yeah, not enough. You're good. That's what I'm seeing. Not enough. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing enough impact. I'm not, and again, with, with Malcolm Brogdon, he, he's one of those players, you know, one of the few guys who's ever played in the NBA who was a 50-40-90 guy. So you know he has the ability to be a significant and efficient offensive player. But his defense, like this entire team's defense, has to get better. I think you're, you're right, Bobby. It's That, to me, if you, if you want to boil down – all the Celtics problems are one thing that if they got better at that, it would dramatically change their trajectory. It's their defense. If they're a better defensive team, these type of ass whippings don't occur. They may lose some games, but they're not going to lose games and have you wondering, oh, I don't know if this team is built to make that long, sustainable deep playoff run that they talk about wanting to make. Uh, and, and so to me, that has they, they have to figure out a way to get better at that end of the floor because that is literally going to be the difference between them having a shot at Banner 18 and a season that will leave everyone, including themselves, feeling unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. What yeah, should they do? Especially against, especially against the Mavericks. Well, you know, Sherrod, you brought up something earlier, which I thought was interesting, where it's – not benching guys for the night, but just putting them in their place at, at particular moments. I, Shifting I don't know minutes. That point. I don't know if Joe Mazzulla has, has, has got it in him this at this point of the season, but, I mean, why not? Why not give guys an opportunity? I mean, obviously, it, it wasn't it in meaningful minutes. It was in garbage time, but Pritchard sort of got – a little warm out there, a little lukewarm out there mm-hmm. for what for what was going on, you know, for for the circumstances. He made the most of it. 
Um, does he get his name called if guys aren't cutting it? I mean, Brogdon wasn't – look, Brogdon's been struggling lately, and I'm waiting for him to just turn that around. Hopefully we see that in Dallas. And we talked about it after the Denver game. I don't know if it's a health thing. It, it could be a little bit of both. But also sometimes I feel like he's trying so hard to get other guys going and trying to get the offense flowing when he checks into the game that sometimes he's got to be a little more selfish. And, and I thought he tried to be a, a more on the selfish side in this one, but obviously it didn't it didn't go too well for him. But I, I'm not I'm not too concerned about him moving forward. However, the second unit as a whole, the defense as a whole, it's got to be adjustments. I mean, there's just too many. Too many holes out there, right? It seemed like the, the they couldn't stop the bleeding because it was just coming from every direction. And look, if the Dallas Mavericks get hot, if these guys start shooting and start connecting, and and you know Luca's doing his thing, it could be a really long night, really quickly in Dallas. So hopefully that's not going to be the case. Bobby, you sent me a quote. Why don't you read it? The uh, from Gary. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that was a good one. Brogdon. From, uh, from Brogdon, actually, right? Yeah, Brogdon told Gary uh, when they found out Shea was out. They took a deep breath and relaxed. Honestly, was like, we should know better than to come out and not play with aggression, not play with energy and urgency. We've heard that from this team, though, mm-hmm. the various losses. And I remember talking to him after um, the one of those losses during the losing streak, Indiana and Orlando out there, and I was like, it, can you see anything? Can you feel anything like leading up to a game like this that just shows you you don't have it? And he didn't, he, he didn't have an example of what might have been wrong, but – you remember last year there was a shoot around they showed up to and Ime was like, Oh, we didn't have we didn't have at the shoot around. I knew we were gonna get destroyed tonight. And there's no real signs or anything like that leading up to a game like this that tells you uh, what's that this might not be the night. And that's actually concerning because like we talk about, there aren't a lot of players stepping up right now and saying what's wrong. You're hearing these different excuses of energy and shots not falling and all this different kind of stuff, but there aren't a lot of solutions. And I think that's what made it frustrating when Joe came out during that losing streak and was like, Oh, we're playing great. Like you might be seeing some things in these games that are good. You might not want to kill the team, but really you're playing great. And he, he later defended that comment and, Again, we talk about this this losing and this this uneven play festering Sherrod. I don't hear a lot of talk of like what they need to do or what they're not doing well or what they need to tighten up right now. It's like, oh, we're you know we're making the right pass. Oh, the, the shots aren't falling. Like it's it's like they, they think they're just getting unlucky now over seventeen games. Obviously, there's something they need to tighten up on here. Defense, man. I mean. You know, I hate to beat that dead horse to death. And that might be where Joe's lacking, if there is a sign that he's lacking. When you you listen to the things that they talk about, you don't hear a lot of talk about getting better defensively. And they Remember what they said? They said, oh, when Rob comes back, we'll be good. What? But that that doesn't make sense. Uh, Rob's (laughs) a great defender. He's a great defender. But last time I checked, the reason they were a really good team defensively was because they they had five guys on a string out there. That's what great defensive teams do. This isn't like the damn 70s and 80s where you could have a seven foot four blob out there who just blanks out everything around the rim. Hell no, that doesn't work. You need to have five guys that can defend. And mm-hmm. all of, and they have guys who've shown the ability to defend at a high level. But for whatever reason, we're not seeing that now. And I, and I don't put just like I didn't put their success defensively when Rob was out on the other guys, I'm not putting their struggles on Rob either. I think Rob's – he's done a decent job considering the length of time he's been away from the game. I he's don't like well. the fact 
Yeah, I don't like the fact that he's been in and out of the lineup, and I don't like the fact that I, I think that there's a lot, there, there are multiple levels of use that he can give them at the offensive end that I don't think they're capitalizing on, to be honest with you. Um, but that's that's another story for another day. Bottom line is this: they are not playing good team defense, and I don't really hear a lot of talk about wanting to fix that, and that's disturbing to me. Yeah, that's a um, good point. I I do want to hit on Rob too, since you mentioned him. I know you do. Jalen Brown, we, we probably had it coming to us. We pick and choose when we want to play. They embarrassed us. I mean, these quotes suck. Oh, it's my God. Truth. We just didn't this is, show up. These are not quotes you want to hear from from your team. It's, it's right? the truth. I mean, it, 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 no, truth. I mean it, it is the truth. We all, we all said it to start the show. I mean, it is the truth. But these guys are, instead of doing something about it, they're just straight up admitting it. It's you know like what? passive voice. Oh, we, we just didn't show. It just right. happened. We didn't, we didn't show, show up, up for 48 minutes. It's one thing to not show up for, I don't know, the first few, get knocked in the mouth and then fight back. You literally just continue to not show up. You knew that SGA, yeah, sure, you, you knew that SGA wasn't going to play and you maybe had your foot off the gas to start things off. But, damn, what, I mean. I would think what, that you would, you would actually want to mash the gas even harder. Right? Knowing that Where's they the don't, killer instinct? Yeah, I, I I don't understand the the idea of well, since they don't have the best player, we're just gonna kind of ease into the action tonight. Hell no! You try to cut them, yeah. you are trying to you try to send their fans home in the third quarter. Thanks for coming out. Good night. God bless. That because they don't got the best player. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you, everyone on the you, Thunder. This opportunity right. for everyone, every other player on the Thunder. Yeah, but that's a champion's mentality, though, Jimmy. You know, you're not going into it being like, oh, word, he's not playing today? All right, cool. We can, you know, take it easy. Like, yeah. what? what is yeah. that? All right, we just kind of ease into the yeah. game. Right. No. Don't they no, know that like, they, they have on, a man. target on that. their back? They have a target this on their back. Oh, they say that. That's another thing they talk about, Jimmy. They say, oh, where the teams go extra hard when they play us. They're not like, tonight. <laughs> They, I mean, OKC went hard, but they didn't go extra hard. They just played whatever. They didn't even have to go extra hard. Yeah. I mean, some they, of the quotes, Jimmy, right? Like, I know we hone in on those things as media, but it's almost like there aren't like specific directives or adjustments that they're really lasering in on that they have to talk about. And listen, after you lose by 40, I'm not expecting a whole soliloquy about their pick and roll coverage. But how many times are you going to say, oh, we just didn't show up? Uh, you know, teams right. are really playing hard. We're the it's hunt. Such a cop like, out. There's so many cop outs with this team. It's it's frustrating, man. Anyways, let's move on to Rob for a minute because we've been I've been meaning to talk about this, and I know we all have. But Rob didn't play tonight. Knee injury management. I mean, knee injury management is is what they're saying. Is that just another word for knee injury pain? Because it feels like it's just knee injury pain. That that that's what I think, and and I I would be I would be a little bit concerned about it. And again, there is a long storied history with the Celtics and how they report uh, injuries uh, about their players. So I always have my eyebrows raised. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame you, Jimmy. I don't blame when they you, when you they gotta, announce somebody's out because I don't. You, you got to read in between the lines, right, Sherrod? Like uh, when 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 they're mentioning mentioning a uh, swelling and keeping their eyes on the, on, on how yeah. know, the main thing is swell. I mean, that's what comes to my mind, right? I mean, right, Bobby, Sherrod, I, I mean, when you when Well, you they're think saying about, there's no pain or anything in this case. They're right, but when it's a management it's thing, insane. I'm thinking it's just a, let's let's just prevent the swell. I'm not saying that there is swelling, but 
just more of a precautionary thing, just a, a, a management thing. So, um, Bobby, you said this earlier. Who needs who needs management? Is it Rob Williams or is it Al Horford? I mean, one yeah, of these guys I, I, is thirty five, and the other one, I think, if he doesn't have any pain, and if the Celtics say he doesn't have any pain, then okay, fine. Let's just assume, or let's just say we agree with them or we believe them. He should be playing. He should be playing. And he probably should be starting at this point. Yeah, and I think that's the easy solution in terms of adjustments to get this team going. I wrote about that after last game. I was obviously a big advocate of that. And then all of a sudden he needs management. And he's played limited minutes. Again, the mixed signals here really strange to me. Joe said originally that he's not going to be on a minutes limit. And he it looks like he has. And then when Damon became coach, he says they're taking you know signals from the medical staff in terms of how long he should play. When you talk to Rob, and I've talked to him a couple of times, he's not feeling any pain. There haven't been any setbacks. He, he just feels a little winded. And so, you know, they'll ask him, are you doing all right? You want right. to come out? And he says no. And so if he's saying he feels fine, he doesn't want to come out of games, and they're saying he needs this management, I, I just don't get how that lines up, especially when if the only issue is conditioning, he should be playing. I don't I don't know what's going on here. You didn't get great answers pregame. It says they've, they've said this is something that they're going to do throughout the year. He played but 18 I, minutes last game. It's not like this guy's two days ago. There. Yeah, it's not like this guy's gone out there and giving you 30 minutes. Not even close. And again, do I want to play 40? I get the caution here. There's a bigger picture. Bobby, but he's he can't barely play at playing all? 20. He's yeah. barely playing 20. And I mean, barely. especially when and when you leave him out, that puts extra pressure on Horford in terms of minutes and he already had to play almost 40 games with Rob out completely extra minutes there and Al looked tired to me he didn't look like himself so no. I don't I don't get why they sat him tonight I really don't Al looked gas from the from, from the jump yeah uh, just just yeah, didn't guys have, were blowing by him tonight well, not, not only were guys blowing by him but even when he was like defending guys in the paint I mean guys are just rising up over him for little yeah. little bunnies in the paint and and that's not Al that that's that's to me a clear very uncharacteristic out performance right. tonight but, 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 but back to your point about Rob I, I think that the, the, the issue right now is is fear I think the Celtics are afraid to play him significant minutes because they're afraid that he'll get re-injured they're free because right now there's I don't think there are clear indicators that if you play Rob 25 minutes a game, he increases the likelihood of being hurt by X percent. I don't think there's anything like that. I think in their minds, they know that if we keep him around 20, 15 and 20 minutes, he can build up his conditioning. He won't put too much stress and pressure on those knees and he should be good to go by playoff time. But that, then what? Think, He's got to play more then. Yeah, yeah, he will. And and then his body's going to have to acclimate itself and recalibrate itself to playing like 25, 30 minutes. And when you're in a playoff situation where you've got you know, potentially games every other day, how is his body going to react to that, having never gone through it until the playoffs? So right. I, at some point, I, I got to believe between now and the postseason that they're going to get Rob's minutes closer to what they usually are in those mid-20s, mid to high-20s. And that that's about what you're going to get from him in the playoffs. But if we're see, if we're seeing like like 18, 19, 20 minutes between now and like April, that makes me real nervous come playoff time because it's, I think the, you, need, you might need another big then if that's how it's going to be. I think they need a buyout big. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Possibly. they have a lot of bigs on the roster. Joe Sway, you but said I don't, Blake's not going to be I mean, we shouldn't be, right be too surprised though. I mean, look, the playoffs is 
three and a half months away. This team's supposed to go to the finals. They're supposed to go all the way deep into June. That's, you know what I mean? Like that, that's another five and a half months. And we saw what happened last year where he turned into day-to-day raw by the end and, and was, was probably not even because he wanted to play so badly, probably wasn't good and healthy enough to play in the, in the NBA finals. So yeah, I mean, I think the Celtics are doing it. But you're, you're thin there already, Joe Sway. Like, you can't have Horford playing to make up for all the minutes that Rob isn't playing because then Horford's going to run out of gas by the time the playoffs roll around. You need him just as much as you need, you know, half this team. Practically. Right, but that's so, why I don't understand the the, the, the sense behind uh, on, a, on a night where you don't have Rob. Al didn't give you a whole lot, especially going into that second half. I don't see why Joe can't give minutes out to, to someone like Blake Griffin or even yeah, Vonley. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. He's got yeah, to mix right. here and, and see see how how far they've come along here between you know the the, the, the first week of training camp until now. You know, I, again, not extending minutes. I'm not saying give these guys 10, 12, 13 a night, but just throw them in there, especially on the road. And when you're getting your ass beat by twenty plus, I mean. You don't have to wait until the end of the fourth quarter to make it's a, a great like point, Josue. And you know what? We know what the deal is with Blake. He's here for that one night where Al's sitting and he comes in. But when you sit Rob, maybe that's the one night you use him this week because it doesn't look like they're going to sit Horford this week. Uh, weird usage of Blake in this one. I 100% agree with that. Vonley at this point, and again, we talked about this, and we'll start talking about this more in the February. But if you're not using Vonley, if you're not using Jackson, there's no point in keeping those guys around, just sitting around it's on not, the roster. Yeah, it's, like it's you got to. Like, it's not like you're practicing. It's not like you're using them for practice because you're not practicing when you're not playing games. You're yeah, you gotta you gotta That's consolidate mean, there. You know, you got future picks. You have some salaries like Gallinari, and you got to make a decision on Pritchard too, right? So that's a tough one. You love having Pritchard as the guy on the bench who can step right up if Rodney goes down or if Smart has some sort of issue. But if you're not going to use him at all when you're fully healthy and you're planning to be fully healthy for the playoffs, you do have to make a tough decision there. And, you know, this extends to Hauser too, Sherrod. He's unproven. He had that great start. All of a sudden he's dipping a little bit now and you're starting to wonder if he can even play. So your bench is standing fast and you have a lot of guys on the bench you're not sure if you can play or even utilize. Your starters are getting tired. Effort's becoming an issue. You have to look at those things. But there's not any, again, major move that's going to fix everything going on with this team. A lot of it's just the regulars figuring things out. But you do start to look at some of those things on the bottom end when you got Rob being managed and you've got Al Horford's minutes ticking up and, you know, all these minutes for the Jays too. You know, Hauser's certainly not relieving those guys. No, 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 he's not. At all. All right. I we think we've, trust in that, in that regard. I, yeah. I think we've we've said all we need to say about this this one tonight. We oh, have a, man. We have hopefully a more entertaining game. This is like one of those 2022 shows, Jimmy. We used to do <laughs> this every <laughs> night. <laughs> I'm getting PTSD, man. I'm getting PTSD about it. But hey, we got we got a big one on Thursday. One of you guys is going, I think, right? Joe Sway. Yes, I'll be Did there. You go? I'll be right, Josue. You're gonna you're gonna be doing the hard hitting reporting on what's going wrong here. Yeah, dude, you're 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 going you're going there at the perfect time, man. They better bring it, man. They better bring the effort in this one. Well, see, here's the thing. I mean, I'm going to Texas either way. So if if Dallas wants to win, if Dallas (laughs) wants to win, they'll announce shortly before the game that Luca's taking a rest night. He's taking a, a, a day off. Because that's the strategy. <laughs> and then, then Kimber Kim, Kim will go off for like 40 in the first half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. you got Kemba in yeah. this game. Yeah, you'll get a chance to um, talk oh, to Kemba. Oh, Joe Sway, you got to talk to Kemba. I got to catch up with Kemba for sure. 
Yeah, we got. It's gonna Luka, be a fun game. Kemba. Hey, and you know what? These are the games they get up for, right? They're gonna get an emphatic win on Thursday. We can already see that. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Maybe an emphatic win. That's a that's a little bit of a stretch. A better is that, new, is that the new phenomenon? Again, they have this. They have this in them. I do like that word too. Um, <laughs> Clippers. That's an emphatic win recently. Bucks, emphatic win. Um, they have this in them. It's just been inconsistent lately. And yes. you, you're holding a team that wants to win a championship to a much higher standard than, you know, a good win here. But that's what the Clippers are doing. Look at them. Oh, a great win over the Celtics in the last month. Oh, all of a sudden, their guys are sitting and they're they're losing bad again. They lose to the Heat mm-hmm. last night. Like, they're just up and down, up and down, up and down. What made the Celtics so compelling to start of the year is that even on those nights where you felt like you weren't going to have it, remember that game in Toronto? It was a back-to-back. I think Horford just got dropped out. They were you know, missing some guys' heavy minutes the night before. They just scrapped and dug and won that game. And even if they lost, you would have been like, oh, man, they're under man. Like, you would have had all these different excuses that you could have leaned on if they won that game. Instead, they dug it out. And that's what looked like it was going to make this team really special. I was starting to wonder, and John actually did think this, Jimmy, could this be like the Warriors team that was just going to like sprint through the regular season yeah. and put themselves 10 games ahead of everybody? We're seeing, unfortunately, that that's not the case. No. no. Not no, today. Not. Um, all right, so we got Luca, Luca Magic, potentially. I mean, he's had some freaking amazing performances recently, but also against the Celtics specifically, so that'll be a fun one. Don't sleep on Christian Wood, though. Christian Wood's... Very talented, big on that team. Yeah, Dinwiddie is, has had success against the Celtics in the past, so it's not going to be it's not going to be a game where the Celtics are just going to show up. I don't yeah. think that they think that. I hope that they've learned their lessons tonight. Who knows if they actually have? Um, but I'm sure we'll hear some. You know, once we, we get off the show, we'll we'll see some other quotes from from Jalen and and I don't know if Marcus spoke because he got. He got probably the boot not. tonight. Yeah, so no, uh, we'll probably have to wait to talk then. But we got Joe Sway heading to Dallas. Man, dude, the Lone Star State. What are you going to do in Dallas, bro? What are you going to get into besides the game? I've never been to Dallas. You know, oh, you're gonna be oh, oh, okay, okay. We'll talk. We'll talk after. We'll talk after. Jimmy <laughs> thinks all we do is party on the road. Come on. Oh, dude, Bobby, 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 I That's see your Instagram, bro. I see your Instagram. I see all the pictures <laughs> we, you got, bro. Bobby, am I, am I wrong or what? Like, we we went twice as hard on the road. Yeah, we were at the garden till like after midnight. We're looking for places to go after. Oh. We're like, oh, we work too hard. Oh yeah, yeah you guys. Oh, like, you guys work so hard. Three to four hours of downtime, but it's like scattered throughout the weekend or whatever. So, Joe's way. You're gonna. You'll find some fun while you're there. We'll see. We'll see Joe's way in a cowboy hat. Guarantee it. We'll see him in Spurs. <laughs> oh, that could be the new bucket hat. <laughs> that could be the new bucket hat. All right, not, guys, not final, final thoughts about anything, whether it's tonight, whether it's moving on to the Dallas game. I got nothing. Give, give, I got it all out. Okay. We're done. Bobby's We're got done. nothing. Sherrod's done. Joe Sway's got plenty to say from Dallas. Hey, so Make another make statement, sure. all right? This is Luca we're talking about, all right? Put everyone back in their place. The, the people who are thinking the Celtics are uh, down and out or oh, here we go again. It was mm-hmm. a fluke. He, he's got to. He's got to put them. He's got to put the, uh, the the talking heads in their place. Let's go. Let's go, Tatum. Bring it. Give me a good. Let me give me a good showdown between you and Luca. You know, in Dallas, win or lose, just give me a good performance. Right. Obviously, the team, the team as a whole, but but obviously, all eyes will be locked on those two for sure. So hopefully, we get a we get a good show. 
Well, have a good one. Make sure you follow all these guys on Instagram. Their handles are right here. Real Bob Manning, Ashrod Blakely, Joe Sway. Joe Sway is going to have some live reporting for us, and we'll all be back here Thursday night after the show. Hopefully, it'll be a better vibe for the boys as we uh, talk about that game. But nonetheless, Celtics drop one tonight. 150, right? 150 to 117 to the Oklahoma City Thunder. We will see you guys Thursday. Oh, lastly but not least, one more shout out to our sponsors, AG1. You want to go over to athleticgreens.com slash garden for five free travel packs and some vitamin D. And also our friends at Rocket Money. Head over to rocketmoney.com slash garden. Save hundreds and cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now. So thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to you guys for hanging out with us tonight. And we will see you all Thursday.